you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky back with you. And, Buck, we've got a fun episode today planned out. It just uh, it came at the right time because we just got some news about the Miami Dolphins making a quarterback switch. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins have named Tua Tungvaloa the starting quarterback. They have a bye this week, but when they return against the L.A. Rams, he is going to be the starting quarterback. And it brings up an interesting discussion, one that typically is not had, but He's a left-handed quarterback, and typically we don't see left-handed quarterbacks start in the National Football League. So what we decided to do was talk to some of the greats that have either played the position, coached the position, guys who are left-handed, to just get their feel on what it is to be a left-handed quarterback. And so in our conversations, we'll explain the different spin, the different mechanics, talk to five different players, quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, one wide receiver, one head coach, just trying to find out the differences between having a left-handed spinner and a right-handed spinner in National Football Yeah, those guests that Bucky was uh, hinting at there, Boomer Esaias and Chris Collins with Mark Brunel, Steve Mariucci, and Michael Vick um, to give us an interesting perspective on, you know, throwing a ball as a left-hander, you know, setting up an offense for a left-handed quarterback and catching the ball from a left-handed quarterback. It's just a little different. We don't see it uh, very often. But before we get to the guests, uh, Buck, your, your thoughts on the timing of the move? Because to me, 
I, I know that Fitz is coming off a game where he played, you know, plenty good enough as they destroyed the New York Jets. But I've always been a believer when you're a team that's not going to necessarily, you know, chase a championship, you don't give away reps. And right now, I think when Tua has shown that he's healthy, um, coming off of the injury he had at the end of the season in Alabama, he looked good in just a, you know, couple a couple snaps he got at the end of the game against the Jets. But the fact that he's healthy, I think now you have meaningful reps at the position. So it's no knock on Fitz. Fitz did a nice job for what he was asked to do there. But giving reps to Fitz does not help your future. No, not that. And also, I think Fitz was beginning to come back to earth. I think when you started to see him turn the ball over in back-to-back games, well, not back-to-back games because he played pretty well against the 49ers, but when you started seeing him to turn it over, it's time. It's time, and it was two a time. And I think what you said really makes a lot of sense. When We have seen the National Football League make a change where young quarterbacks are getting on the field sooner rather than later. And so put two on the field, see what you have in Tua Tagovailoa. So now in the offseason – you know where you need to remedy or or rebuild this offense. Is it scheme? Is it play calling? Is it playmakers or protection? Whatever that is, you want to see him play so you can make that evaluation. And so after the bye week where he gets a full week and a half, two weeks of practice to prepare for the first start, this is the perfect opportunity. I I think this is where everyone identified as the Mm -hmm. likely move for him to go in because it's the bye week and that's when you typically make moves with your young quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think it's a mature decision because the decision should be made not when Ryan Fitzpatrick's play falls off, but when Tua Tonga-Vailoa proves that he's ready. And that, to me, was the threshold. Once he proved he was ready, you go with him. And I, I think when you look at some of the other situations around the league, obviously Joe Burrow starts with day one because that was, you know, that was an obvious easy call for them as the first overall pick. But I think Justin Herbert, when he got on the field for the Chargers and met that threshold and more than exceeded the threshold to say, OK, he's not going to drown here. Let's get him some meaningful reps this season. And it's, it's you know, the, the wins haven't come for the Chargers, but you're seeing the growth and improvement in your young quarterback, which is going to make that a valuable season. And I think that's where the Dolphins are as well. Yeah, I think the Dolphins are absolutely at that at that spot. They're at a point where they want to get them there and they're sitting at three and three. And I mean, we, we saw the Buffalo Bills play on Monday night. They have an opportunity to get in the mix. The Buffalo Bills are one game ahead of them if Tua just plays. And he doesn't have to play like in an A level. But if he plays well, this defense is good enough. And they appear to have enough weapons on the perimeter to help him succeed. And so, yeah, put him on the field. Let's get it going. All right, let's get to the discussion here because, again, it's rare that we see left-handed quarterbacks. It's just different. So what does that mean? What does that look like? We had a chance to visit with some phenomenal guests. I want you to hear from our first one here. This is a former NFL MVP and left-handed quarterback, Boomer Esiason. If you're building the team, what are the differences when you have a quarterback that's left-handed as opposed to a guy that is right-handed? Because we just haven't seen it in the league in a long time. Yeah, I know. I, I I often ask my receivers if it was that much of a difference catching the ball for me. You know, after about a week, they got used to it. You know, Chris Collinsworth used to complain that I threw the ball high. You know, and I would just say, just go up and get it for God's sake. That's what we're paying for, paying you for. But um, you know, there's a little bit of a difference. It's a little bit different of the dynamic. The ball comes out of our hands a little bit differently, and it comes from a different arm angle and slot. And you know, if you're not used to playing with a left-hander, uh, I could see how that could be a little bit. Uh, uncomfortable at the beginning, but when you watch uh, Tua down at um, Alabama and you watch the guys, he's got two great wide receivers playing with him and they don't seem to have a problem. And the reason they don't have a problem is because he's so highly accurate and he throws such a catchable ball. I mean, the ball just kind of melts in their hands when it hits them. 
And very rarely is he off target. And if he is off target, it may be an inch here, an inch there, maybe a back shoulder throw or something. Well, Buck, I love the phrase, the ball melts. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how you'd – I don't know that's necessarily a bad thing. I think when the ball the ball melts, I kind of like a ball to melt in my hands if I was a receiver. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it really speaks to his ability to throw a catchable ball. That's how we kind of use it in scouts verbiage. Hey, he throws a very catchable ball. It's very easy for um, the wide receivers to take it in. It doesn't overwhelm them or overpower them. Um, Boomer Sison would know because he also was a guy that – I would say it wasn't necessarily the hardest thrower, but he did a really good job of putting the ball where it needed to be put. Um, with Tua, I think it's interesting uh, to see kind of how it uh, it will translate and how these guys would get comfortable uh, with the left hand and spin it to him from a different different angle. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a little bit different. And uh, when Boomer Esiason was throwing the ball as well as he threw it, a uh, guy who was catching a lot of those passes was Chris Collinsworth. You know him. A lot of folks don't even realize him as a player because they, they know him so well as a, as a broadcaster and the work that he does on Sunday Night Football with Al Michaels on NBC. But uh, Chris Collinsworth was a very good wide receiver who caught a lot of balls from a left-handed quarterback. We had a chance to visit with him about it. You play with Boomer Sison in Cincinnati. Boomer Sison is a left-handed quarterback. We don't see many left-handed quarterbacks in the league. Tua Tagovailoa obviously is left-handed. As a wide receiver and a pass catcher, what's the differences with the ball coming from a left-handed as opposed to a right-handed? Because it moves the other way. I don't know, Bucky, if you've ever tried to catch a punt from a left-footed punter. Like, so I returned yeah. punts in high school yeah. and college, and they never trusted me in the NFL to do it, so I didn't get to do it there. But uh, so with a punter, when they punt it, and you know, you're, you're used to the ball going up and sort of curving off to the right, right? And so when it's a left-footed punter, it does the opposite. It comes up and goes this way. So the distance between the two Never done this on TV. It's pretty cool. So the difference between the two can be five or six yards, right? So you're you're looking at instead of it being three yards this way, it's three yards that way on the putt. Well, the same thing happens on deep balls with with a left-handed quarterback. So now instead of the natural curve coming off this way, the curve is coming off this way, and so balls that you ordinarily would wait and fade over your shoulder and try and catch now all of a sudden are being caught in front of you. And so it's a difference, but probably the hardest thing for me was the rotation of the ball. So the ball is spinning the other way. So as a from a right-handed passer, you're predominantly catching the ball with your right hand. So that feels, that to me always felt like the pressure point of catching the ball from a right-hander. So your whole life, that's all you did. You just caught the ball, you know, sort of with your right hand, three quarters, and your left hand a quarter. Now a left-handed quarterback comes along, and now you're catching at three quarters with your left hand and one quarter with your right hand, which is completely opposite of what you're used to doing over the entirety of your career. And plus, Boomer threw the ball about 400 miles an hour. He threw everything a little bit high. And it was, I mean, the first game he ever played that we ever played together with him as a starter, he threw me 17 passes in that game. And about the third one was so high and I jumped up and the guy did the old flip me over thing. And by the end of this game, the next day, he sent a masseuse to my house. To, and I, I she, she, she comes up and knocks on the door and I literally crawled to the front door. I can't, I can't get out of bed. I can't walk. I can't do anything. 
And this lady with a bed, she's carrying a bed and she's sitting there and she said, Boomer sent me for you. And I said, hey, I really appreciate it, but I'm too tired and beat up for even that. And she goes, no, I'm a masseuse. I said, well, get in here. Come on, man. What are you doing? <laughs> that is fantastic. I thought it was great that he brought up the point about the left-footed punters. I mean, the, the Patriots obviously have done that forever, and it is just a different spin. And I think, again, it's just going to be reps. You might see some drops early on here with Tua mm-hmm. once he gets into the lineup just because it's just going to take a little getting used to. Yeah, but DJ, I would I would relate it to being in the batter's box dealing with the left-handed pitcher and how the ball kind of tails away. It has a natural break to it. And for a lot of these wide receivers, they have to get used to the ball breaking away from how they're normally used to the ball spinning into them it goes away from them and so it'll take some time but it shouldn't be a major adjustment Uh, I think the one area where you will have to adjust is on the deep ball I think the Mm -hmm. deep ball requires a little bit of adjustment because as you talk about as as he talked about like the left-footed punter and the spin and how it kind of tails at the end your deep ball will do some of those things and so it just takes time it takes practice but um, it'll be interesting man I'm just fascinated by the left-handed thing all right, let's get to our next conversation here. Another quarterback who was actually the comparison for me when I watched Tua, which was uh, Mark Brunell, somebody you've known for a long time, um, was an outstanding quarterback, 19 years in the National Football League at the quarterback position as a lefty. He did it with the Packers, the Jags, Washington, the Saints, and the Jets. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, actually led the league in passing yardage in 1996. Here's our chat with Mark Brunell. You know, Mark, it's funny because you talked about the athleticism and the mobility. I kind of want to get your insight on being a left-hander uh, because we haven't seen many left-handed quarterbacks in the league. And coaches will talk about some of the differences. Um, in, in your mind, when you work with teammates, how have you had to help them adjust to the ball coming out a little differently because you're left-handed as opposed to right-handed? It's really simple, Bucky. It's a great question. Um, the good receivers, the guys that could catch – and believe it or not, there's some guys in the NFL that, that aren't as good as others at catching the ball. The good ones never had a problem with it, <laughs> really. Um, never mentioned it at all. You know, I was fortunate to have Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell and, and uh, uh, some real good receivers uh, in my time. And those guys never one time said that you had to adjust, the ball does this. They just had a, they just found a way to catch the ball. Now, there were some guys that, that you know, didn't stick around very long that had a tough time catching a left-handed ball. And, and because, I, I mean, they had to adjust to me. I wouldn't change them for them. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been impossible. But they, they didn't stick around very long if they couldn't catch the, the messed up spin. But, but uh, listen, if you're a good receiver, it doesn't matter which way it spins. Uh, you, you find a way to catch it. Well, I think he explained it pretty well there, Buck. I mean, look, the the, uh, the good ones, not going to have a problem. Uh, the bad ones are going to struggle. I mean, I think that is what it is, right? Yeah, it is what it is. But I think he was fortunate enough to play with two really good guys in Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell, and they were able to make plays. And the connection that he had with Jimmy Smith was outstanding. At the time, Jimmy Smith might have been arguably one of the top five receivers in football. And to position him on the left side and to watch them repeatedly throw Quick outs, speed outs, and bang eight skinny posts over and over and over again to the backside of the defense. They just wore people out. And, you know, he was able to do it. He was able to do it successfully. It'd be interesting to see, like, if Tua prefers to work on the left side of the field like Mark did, because Mark was very left dominant. And so from the defensive standpoint, you're used to the quarterback kind of working on the other side. So to come back 
typically where you have maybe your weaker corner, that's atypical. It's not it's not the way that you normally face quarterbacks, and that's how to where they normally want to target the field. Yeah, the comparison for me though with those two quarterbacks, and not just being left-handed with with two and Burnell, but they both play with tremendous urgency. Um, you see it in their footwork. There's just a crispness to the way that they played. Very decisive. Uh, you know, there's just. Again, I just keep coming back to that word urgent. When you watch them work through progressions, everything has got a real firm feel to it. Um, and then when the ball comes out, it's just a real pretty ball. Brunk Purnell threw a beautiful ball. I think Tua does as well. Um, I don't. I always have said, you know, left-handed batters have the prettiest swings. You think about Ken Griffey Jr., yeah. Tony Gwynn, some of those beautiful left-handed swings. I kind of feel the same way about left-handed quarterbacks. I think when you got a nice stroke, looks good. Yeah, it looks good because it's different and you focus on it. I think that's that's the deal because you don't see it. A lot. You don't see the ball come out of a left-handed hand as a quarterback. I think you look at it. You go, oh man, look at that. It, it, it's different. So let me appreciate it a little more than you would with a right-hander. Yeah, and I know our and our producer Mark is probably not happy. I didn't mention Wade Boggs when it came to the left-handed. Oh, Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry. Oh, Daryl Strawberry did. Yeah, I think Daryl Strawberry's swing was prettier than Wade Boggs' swing. Wade Boggs is a little more of an average guy, but uh, average hitter. But I like Straw's uh, swing. Yeah. And now Mark's chiming in with Will Clark. Yeah, Will the Thrill had a nice had a nice swing as well. We could do left-handed swings all day long, Buck. Yeah, all day, all day, all day. I can relate to that. Steve Mariucci certainly knows left-handed quarterbacks better than anybody because he coached a Hall of Famer in Steve Young. So I had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about the left-handed quarterback and the differences between coaching a right-hander and a left-hander. Coach, you, you mentioned something that I don't think many people understand the challenges or differences between coaching a right-handed quarterback like you had in Favre and then coaching a left-handed quarterback. When you're the head coach and the play caller, what's different about coaching a left-handed quarterback? Yeah, that's. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it if I've been blessed or cursed with uh, lefties around me. Okay, I don't know. <clears throat> my wife's left-handed. My mom's left-handed. My daughter's left-handed. My brother's left-handed. Everybody's left-handed. I thought <clears throat> there'd be fifty percent of the world left-handed, right-handed. Doesn't that make sense genetically? <laughs> no. And then same with quarterbacks. We haven't had a guy in the league play left-handed quarterback in years. It's like where are all the lefties going? I had Steve Young, and then I had Mark Brunell over there in Green Bay when we were together. And it is a challenge. In fact, one one uh, one year after the. Uh, the season was over, I told Steve, I said, listen, I want you to work on going right-handed this offseason, okay? So I don't have to I don't have to flip every play over just for you. And, and if your backup is left-handed, like like Brunel was, okay? You remember when Favre was starting, yeah. and then we had two backups. We had Ty Dittmer and Mark Brunel. Loved them both. I mean, love these guys. And, and we couldn't decide who should be the backup and who should be the third guy who's, uh, who's inactive. So what we did, we alternated <laughs> just to keep them both happy. We alternated, but that messes you up because when you're on the goal line, you don't run past 64 U corner uh, quarterback, you know, one way. And then you got to practice the other way for, for the left-handers that you do sprint right option, sprint left option. You know, you got to flip your play action and movements and that's a third of your package, maybe more. And, and you, you simply have to flip them over right and left. If, if you're right-handed or left-handed. So um, it, it creates a little bit of a practice issue and for everybody, not just for the quarterback. And so, you know, the, the ball spins different. It's different for the receiver. It's just like a left-footed punter. Left-footed punters are hard to catch. Yeah. You ever returned punts? Yeah. You yeah. did. Yeah. And the ball spins wrong. And so same with a quarterback throwing left-handed. The ball spins just the opposite way. It, it, coach, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because – 
from a play calling perspective, like I don't know if people really understand that because most play callers are right-handed because your quarterback are right-handed, meaning you run the ball primarily to the right. Your primary pass catchers may be on the right, depending on how you set your formations. Then with the lefty, you have to completely flip that. So in your preparation process, like how much, how, how much does that linger? How much does that play into how you build out your game plan and those things with a left-handed? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's your game plan. It's your, it's it, like I said, though, it's, it's not as much in the drop back passing game. All right. And when you go straight back, you ought to be able to throw front side or backside, whether you're right handed or left handed. Right. But it's the play action game and it's the movement and keep game. We like I mentioned, sprint right option. That's the, the, the famous play that Joe Montana hit Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone to beat the Cowboys. All right. Jerry Rice scored 33 touchdowns on sprint right option. OK. And Favre threw him one in the Pro Bowl. But you would only throw that to the right with Brett Favre and you would only throw it to the left with Steve. Except one time Brett Favre audibled to Q9. Q9. And Mike Holmgren <laughs> going left. He yelled at me for about a half of that game because we never practiced that. But he just did it against the Broncos. It's like, Brett, what are you doing? I don't know. And so um, that's that's where the big difference is in game planning is is your play action movements and keeps. You gotta you gotta yeah. It'd be great that everybody can go right and left equally. That's not the case though. DJ, what I think was interesting. Uh, in this conversation with Mooch, he talked about building out the game plan for a left-handed quarterback. And I think it's one of the things that you don't really think about uh, as a play caller. You're so right-handed dominant just because most of your life you've always called the game for right-handers. Now you got to flip it when you have Steve Young and your pet plays now have to go to the left instead of to the right and doing those things. And I, I thought what was funny is in the West Coast offense, the sprint right option is the short yardage play of choice. It mm-hmm. always goes to the right. It's a sprint out to the right. It's an easy throw for a right-handed quarterback. And so Brett Favre, to break the norm and go to the other side, the left side, which isn't the easy side for a right-handed rolling left and throwing, uh, I guess, against his body. But Brett Favre can do that. And maybe that's why he's all <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd put much past Brett Favre uh, being able to pull off going the other way. Um, great, great conversation. Enjoyed listening to you chat it up there uh, with Mooch. I, I do want to get to our next one here. This is our last guest on the topic, and that's uh, Michael Vick. Michael Vick, by the way, sneaky how long Michael Vick played. 13 years he got in the National Football League. I was with him with the Philadelphia Eagles for a couple years. He spent five years there, six with the Falcons, obviously. Uh, some huge years there and finished up uh, with the Jets and the Steelers. A four-time Pro Bowler, um, averaged seven yards per carry, which is an NFL record uh, for quarterbacks, over 6,000 rushing yards. But we want to talk to him about the passing aspect of it. Being a left-handed quarterback, uh, here's what Michael Vick had to say. Well, Mike, you're, you're a member of a very exclusive club, and I'm not talking about you know a Pro Bowl quarterback or somebody that was you know runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. I'm talking about left-handed quarterbacks. There are not yeah. many of you guys out there. We got a new one now in the club with Tua Tungabailoa uh, coming into the NFL. What what was the Love biggest it. challenge or maybe the biggest Love difference it. for you as a as a lefty? Man, I just my coach is always thinking that they had to run everything to the left side of the field. Like coach, you know, I, 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 I'm ambidextrous. I can do it all. Like go go right <laughs> because the defense think I'm coming left. And you know, I had that fight with several coaches and. You know, they do it for a comfort level, but it's up to you to let them know that um, I can do it from the left side or right side. I know I was more accurate throwing passes to my right side across my body than I was to the left side. So 
You know, if I had like a deep over route going to my right, you know, coming across my body just felt more. You know, um, if I had to, you know, my legs and my base to make that throw to the left, sometimes it was difficult for me. I found a way to get it done because guys was running wide open, so I had to make it happen. You know, you'd be talked about. Coaches got to understand, like, look, man, just getting left don't mean everything has to go deep. I love the fact that Swiss in the league of his size. You know, I met him. He reminds me so much of Steve Young. And, and, you know, when I look at, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, you know, just the way he set up in the pocket, his face, you know, it's just a quick in and out motion, in and out motion. If you watch it over and over again, you know, it, it's not a long winding throw motion. You know, I felt like I was accurate as a left-handed quarterback, but I, I wasn't Steve Young accurate. You know, I wasn't even Mark Brunel accurate. You know, he, he kind of looked like Mark Brunel as well. Um, so, those are the name of few, but this guy upside is going to be um, tremendous. And for the Miami Dolphins, you know, to finally have somebody they say we can invest in for the next, you know, five years, you know, because I'll give them five years. You know, I'm not talking two years with two or three years. Give him a coach, have somebody work with him, make take three years from a four years from give up on this guy. He's a tremendous talent. You know, Mike, it's funny that you mentioned that about the left, being a lefty and being more comfortable throwing to your right as opposed to your left, because typically we find with right-handers, they're more comfortable rolling to their right and doing yeah. those things. When you think about um, the guys that you talked about, Steve Young and Mark Brunel and their ability to throw with accuracy and touch, whatever, like yeah. what is it that you can do as a lefty um, to be more accurate and more precise? Because it does appear to be a little bit of a challenge sometimes catching passes from a left-hander. It's more challenging to the receiver, um, I think more so than anything. And I, you know, I kind of witnessed it when I had a chance to work with the great Antonio Brown. Um, you know, I had a plenty of reps with um, guys in, in, in the Jets and Deshaun, obviously, and, and Jeremy Macklin, the guys that I was with in Atlanta. So we had a lot of reps. But Antonio and I didn't get a lot of reps. And there was, you know, one pass that I know Antonio should have caught that um, it, it fell through the cracks, you know, of, of his of his, uh, you know, his pocket, you know, when he was trying to catch the ball. And I know Antonio ain't tougher catches than that. But, you know, just having the opportunity to work with those guys and let them see this man from different angles, different throws, high throws, low throws, intermediate throws, ones that they got to go across their shoulders to catch. It, it means a lot, especially when you practice in that way and guys are forced to catch the football. You know, you can't simulate that. So when they, those guys have that type of, you know, practice opportunities to be with a be with lefty quarterback, they obviously do better over time and then it becomes natural. But it's just a quick you know, three or four game type of deal, you know, you're going to see guys struggle. So that time in practice needed with the left-handed quarterback to receive well, I think, Buck, you could definitely tell he believes in Tua. Um, and I thought it was interesting with the self-evaluation with, with Vic talking about the fact that his accuracy wasn't necessarily uh, his greatest strength. But I think that is something that Tua brings to the table. Yeah, I, I do believe that is something Tua brings to the table. And for Michael Vick, I think the bigger thing was at the time, the league was so different because we were so fascinated by his running skills that we probably didn't focus enough on uh, his passing ability. And then now I would love to see Michael Vick have an opportunity with these quarter coordinators who are really developing these systems that are quarterback friendly. Just imagine how good he could have been in a system that allowed him to really fully utilize all of the talents that he brings to the table. His point about Tua in terms of make taking time, 
I do believe it'll take time because he doesn't have as many reps as some of the other guys. Like we look at the the amount of reps he had in comparison to some of the other young quarterbacks playing. Justin Herbert started for three, four years. Uh, you talk about the amount of reps that Joe Burrow, in terms of the number of throws that Joe Burrow was able to make, um, exceeding what Tua had. And so I do believe there would be a, a bit of a learning curve. But, man, his talent is extraordinary. All right, so let's wrap it up here uh, in terms of what we learned talking to these guests. You know, how big of a deal is it, you think, being a lefty? Um, yeah, obviously, the spin is different. And I think for pass catchers, you just have to get used to the ball spinning a different way. It's just different to the eye. It's different in terms of the drift pattern of the ball. I think for play callers, it's different because you have to flip your play sheet. Uh, your pet plays that normally go to the right, they now have to go to the left. Uh, but overall, I think if the quarterback is good, I feel like you, you kind of make it work. And I think that's the common denominator that all these guys talked about. Good quarterbacks find a way to make it work. Yeah, and, and we go back to our college evaluation of Tua. We both are, are big believers in him and what he's going to be able to accomplish. I think they have some good pieces in place around him on the perimeter. you got some some young offensive linemen starting a couple rookies up front. They're all going to get better uh, as the season goes along. And this is an exciting Miami Dolphins team now. You're going to get a chance to see this group grow together, and they're going to go as far as Tua is going to take them. So to get him on the field right now I think makes a lot of sense. Be patient. You might have a little rough go here at the beginning, but I think you're going to see Tua get comfortable dialed in. And uh, and three letters for Dolphins fans, R-P-O. Get oh, ready because here they get come. Ready. Get ready because they're coming in droves, and he is one of the best at it. He and Joe Burrow, those two guys, I call them Jedi Masters when it comes to the <laughs> RPO game. They both have the ability to get it out. Tua will really show people how to really execute the RPO because I think he was reared in an RPO system coming all the way up. He is so comfortable doing it that, yeah, it should be a lot of fun watching in Miami. Well, this is one of the fun things we get to do here on Move the Sticks, get to have uh, timely conversations. We get great guests and um, and really delve into a topic here. And I think it's fun. It's something we don't see very often with a left-handed quarterback. And hopefully you've been able to learn a little something uh, as we have in, in talking to these guests today. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you guys so much for checking us out. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, check out the videos, nfl.com slash MTS video. Uh, you can check out the YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash NFL podcast. You can find that as well. Oh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.